Automation allows, you know, a business owner not to have to focus on something that really doesn't contribute to the bottom line, but rather frees them up to focus on things that really do drive dollars to the bottom line. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're going to talk on a topic that we haven't actually covered uh, thus far, I don't believe. Uh, so today, we're going to talk about taxes, which is, I'm sure is everyone's favorite topic. Uh, but I'm, out, I'm bringing to the table, uh, uh, to the microphone, I guess, uh, an expert in the field. Everyone, welcome Liz Armbruster from Avalara. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, uh, you're very welcome. So let's kind of just dive right in. Uh, you know, Give me just Kind of how you ended up at Avalara, and just you know, why should someone take what you have to say about taxes seriously? Well, great question, and love to you know talk about tax. I recognize it's not everybody's favorite topic, as you said, but it is really interesting, um, and it is shifting and changing. And so, if you like to be in a world where nothing is constant, um, this is a great space for you to be in. I didn't set out to be um, a part of a tax company. However, I do like solving really hard problems. And I had been working in the media industry, actually thinking about how to automate the movement of media from effectively the people who generate content, you know, uh, digital files, live streaming TV, out to those of us who like to consume it and to do it in a really efficient, scalable way. And I had an opportunity um, presented to me that kind of looked and felt really similar to that, but it was in the world of tax. And I guess at the, you know, the only time um, that I really uh, spent really contemplating taxes when, you know, I was buying something. So, you know, I'd, I'd be at Nordstrom's or whatever my, you know, favorite retailer was. And, you know, the $100 pair of shoes I was buying all of a sudden became $110. And, you know, so that, that was kind of my, you know, relativity to, to tax. And, but this opportunity presented itself to think about, you know, tax had been done for so many years in a in a really manual way. And here in the US alone, we've got 12,000 taxing jurisdictions. And you can imagine with that volume of state and local tax that trying to get it right is really, really hard, especially if you try to do it in a manual way. And so the more I got invested into this opportunity and the more I learned about thinking what this company, Avalara, was doing to really automate the world of manual, challenging, complex tax um, and make it digital and make it easier for businesses the more appealing it became. And you know, as I thought about what I was doing in the world of digital content, tax content, and in particular, the process of once tax has been calculated and it needs to get to a taxing authority, you've got to you know, put all that documentation onto 
to paper or submitted electronically and you've got to submit those taxes, it became something that was both challenging from a, a problem to solve to do so scalably, but the benefit to businesses everywhere and the relief that that would provide for especially smaller businesses to, you know, to medium size that don't have an army of tax people at their disposal would just be really fantastic. It allows them, automation allows, you know, a business owner not to have to focus on something that really doesn't contribute to the bottom line, but rather frees them up to focus on things that really do drive dollars to the bottom line for their business. So challenging problem, big scope, you know, really untapped market were all appealing to me. And that's when I chose to make the jump into tax back in 2013 and haven't looked back since. Awesome. Yes. Since 2004, Avalara's vision has been to harness the power of cloud technology to help simplify sales tax for businesses of all sizes. Avalara solutions are designed to affordably scale with businesses as they grow over time. Tax compliance is not a revenue-generating activity. So, Avalara's technology is designed to help you manage compliance as efficiently and accurately as possible so you can reclaim your valuable time and reduce risk in your business. With more than 1,000 signed partner integrations, Avalara likely integrates with the ERP, e-commerce, mobile payment, and point-of-sale systems you use today. Find out how your business can be sales text ready at avalara.com slash honest. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Avalara. Tax compliance done right. So you definitely, uh, you're probably where you started with your experience is probably where a lot of uh, you know store owners and listeners and you know young entrepreneurs' experience with tax kind of kind of ends. Uh, this in the same boat, you know, you know, you got to pay tax at sometimes in certain ways, uh, but not. It's not really something that when you set out to build a business or build a brand that is the number one driver behind it. You're like, you know what? I think tax is interesting, so that's where I'm going to focus all my time. So I guess what are what are kind of like what's the landscape look like for an e-commerce brand and like why are taxes so difficult for them uh I believe it's something that they're more experiencing as they kind of hit uh kind of a more growing stage of the business it's not necessarily on most people's radars when they're kind of just getting started um th- does that question make sense it, it makes total sense. And yes, you're right. Yeah, you know, I, I would go back to that statement you just made. Nobody really gets into business to have to focus on tax, right? It's just one of those things you have to do. Um, you know, the compliance side is not is not always fun. Uh, it can be very, very challenging. Um, but that's why we're here, right? That's why automation exists to to help businesses again stay focused on the things that they are passionate about doing. But you know, when I think about e-commerce sellers in particular, it is both a great time to be an e-commerce seller and a really challenging time to be an e-commerce seller. And I say that because you know, when you think about COVID, I mean, you know, probably a few people maybe foresaw or predicted a global pandemic at some point, but most of us, right, didn't really see it coming. And I, I love to think about the small businesses that are out there that maybe, right, had an e-commerce presence, but and maybe had a storefront um, prior to 2020. And the opportunity, the challenge and the opportunity that COVID presented to ensure that their business stayed afloat was really interesting. And many businesses have shifted to 
you know, go online, create their own storefront or do so through a marketplace. And while many have overcome that challenge and, and done so successfully, what it invites is twofold, the good and the bad, right? You can sell to more people, all of a sudden opened up your market. And I, you know, I think about a small mom and pop shop, you know, in Washington that had really just established kind of a small online presence, but most of their buyers were local. And all of a sudden, if, you know, fast forward three or four months, if you Google their product and you happen to be in Kansas or New York or Florida or name the other state, you know, potentially up pops this little business that's out there in Washington. And so that business has expanded its opportunity to sell. And yet, if they business doesn't understand the compliance tax challenges that come along with that larger footprint, they could get themselves in a lot of hot water. And so the seller's opportunity certainly is met with a, a complex matrix of tax obligations. You know, again, whether they're selling, you know, through their own channels and or they're selling through marketplaces, those laws can get really difficult to track. And again, the more channels they sell through, uh, as you begin to think about aggregation of your month end data, that can be uh, really challenging for business owners too. So, you know, there's some good and there's some bad. Um, I think the the good news in all of that is there is automation out there. There's a lot of knowledge and information that businesses can tap into to help them understand and navigate that environment. All right. So uh, you you said something there that actually uh, surprised me. And I I, I was going to ask this question. So when you're selling through uh, uh, another marketplace... So let's just say that you have sold... You have an Amazon channel, right? And you're selling your product there as well. Um, Amazon's not taking care of the taxes for you? So it's really different in every state and it's different across marketplaces. So this is all unfolding, right? And that's part of the challenge of really understanding marketplace facilitator laws. So the collection, sometimes it's a collection and a remit that they will do. And largely that's what Amazon is doing. In other places, it might be that the marketplace is calculating for you, but it's your obligation to remit. And either way, you have to understand what, even if the marketplace is doing the remittance, what it looks like on your tax return, because Amazon's not doing your tax return for you. You're doing your tax return in whatever state that looks like. So you've got to know, hey, I sold this much through my storefront, I, um, my, my physical retail space. This is how much maybe I've uh, sold through my own e-commerce channel. And then here's what also has sold on my Amazon marketplace. And the sum of those sales need to be reported. And you've got to know what Amazon remitted on your behalf, or maybe other marketplace hasn't remitted on your half, um, behalf based on what the, the rules in the state are. Nobody likes insurance, but everybody should have it. Mistakes do happen. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 70,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention Honest E-Commerce to get your first month absolutely free.
You've used remit a few times here. Can we just clarify that for you know the the ones that are very new to this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when I use the word remit, I'm talking about the actual tax liability, the payment itself. So two parts to the end of the compliance chain that that businesses have to um, have to work themselves through. You know, you start on the front with, do I have an obligation? to collect taxes and then remit them. Of course, if you're collecting, you have to remit to a taxing authority. And that's all established by, do I have nexus? Do I have an obligation to the state, either through a a physical mechanism, I have a storefront, I have salespeople, et cetera, or through an economic nexus, meaning um, oftentimes I'm selling a certain number of transactions into that state, or I have met a um, total sales Threshold. Maybe it's $100,000, $200,000 are very um, common tax sales thresholds in states. And if you have that, you have an obligation to collect and remit. And so, again, you've got to keep track of the sales, you've got to know what the laws are, et cetera, in each of those states, either through a physical nexus connection or an economic nexus connection. But you do all that, you collect the taxes, right? You try to get the right rates and do that. And at the end of the period, whether that's the month or the quarter, maybe the half year or maybe the annual, depending on what your filing frequency is as determined by the state you're filing in or the locality, um, that's where the remittance part comes in. So you create a tax return and then um, that tax return says, hey, I you know had a hundred sales and I have um, you know for a hundred thousand dollars and I have ten thousand dollars in tax I have to remit. That remittance has to go to that state um, you know through one mechanism, either uh, electronically or through uh, paper processing through a check. Absolutely. And so when we when we when you use the term nexus, is uh, that a fancy word for just like tax liability, uh, a more sexy word for it? Or, you know, do you want to add some clarification between the two? Yeah, nexus is a little bit of a tough uh, concept sometimes for people to get. And so um, you're coming into this um, environment, as I as I said earlier, you know, the only you know, understand at a basic knowledge of transactional tax, right? Um, and so didn't study it in school, but certainly have a, a much broader understanding of the complexity of it and the nature of it today. And so, yeah, I've had to grapple with these issues and understanding the concepts just like, you know, somebody new into business would be. And so I think about Nexus in the following way. It's really the connection that you have with the state. And by that, I mean... Um, do you, again, have a, a physical retail store that connects you, you're selling into that state? Or do you have salespeople, um, you know, are, the, are two of the most common ways that you would establish a physical nexus? Or have I created a relationship with the state because I'm selling to residents in that state? Um, so I'm a business in Washington and I've developed a following for my product in the state of Kansas. And, you know, sales are through the roof. And so, you know, for the state of, Can- well, Kansas is a bad one because anybody selling in there for economic nexus um, qualify or any, any sales into that qualify for economic nexus, but choose a different state that maybe has a threshold of $100,000 in sales. Well, I haven't really created a, a an economic connection to that state until I meet their defined threshold, number of transactions or total sales. And sometimes it could be, it's an either or, it's a both. And so that's the way I think about Nexus. And when you create that connection in the state's eyes or the locality's eyes, 
then you have an obligation to follow through the rest of the compliance milestones, which are, I have to be able to, to know whether the thing I'm selling is taxable, um, you know, to whom, and uh, if the product is taxable itself, get the tax right at the point of sale. And then at the end of the tax period, again, ensure that I've created a, you know, a summary report um, in the US in the, in the form of a tax return. And then I, re- I send that off to the state along with uh, whatever the calculated tax liability is. Does that help? Oh, it helps me, but I'm a little bit more familiar with this. So I hope that I, I, I pose the questions in ways that uh, help other people understand. Businesses are the most successful when they own their data, customer relationships, and their growth. That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands like Living Proof, Huckberry, and Solo Stove trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. On what's typically the biggest weekend of the year for online retailers last Cyber Weekend alone, brands made nearly $1 billion in sales through Klaviyo's platform. That's 3.1% of total online sales that were powered by Klaviyo. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? Get a free trial at Klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So when we're talking about uh, selling these products online, is it more than just sales tax that uh, people need to be cautious of when they are, are selling, you know, let's just say that for now to keep it simple before we talk about international later, um, you know, talking just selling to the, the continental United States is the only uh, kind of thing I need to be wary of is, uh, you know, est- those established connections to those states, you know, uh, where we're doing quite a bit of business. Only thing I need to keep track of is kind of the sales tax and make sure that's right. Or is it more than that? No, it really depends. Um, it's my favorite phrase in tax. I've learned to say this often, and it's it's just the caveat to everything. It depends, right? It depends on what you're selling. Um, it depends on to whom you're selling. So, you know, oftentimes you're having to deal with business and occupation taxes, um, depending on the product. You know, maybe it's a digital good, and maybe we're all of a sudden talking about streaming. Um, you know, a digital good, for example, that the taxability on that falls into the communication. Taxes and that's that's just a whole different ballgame. So, you know, for many of the folks maybe listening to this podcast, uh, it it likely would center around sales and use taxes, but certainly that's not going to be the be all end all. 
I think that we've it depends on the what. Yeah, yeah. I think that we've I think that we've really established here that tax law is super friendly and easy to understand. Um <laughs> no, it's not. It's 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 definitely it, well, it's because America, you know, we leave it down to the states and the states can do whatever the heck they want. Um and you know, that's, you know, commerce is great and you can have your views on capitalism, but the one thing it is is it's super confusing to do interstate commerce. Um and that's what e-commerce is like really is let People do, and the rise of these amazing platforms like Shopify have have you just made e-commerce explode. Um, so let's kind of pivot a little bit here to my favorite thing is I'm lazy. How can I get away with this uh, for less of my input of my time and energy? Well, in, naturally, automation, right? If if you can let a a system that can manage the complexity of tax do that for you, all the better, right? Because that's that does. Uh, give you the opportunity to free up your time to go focus on things that you know you want to do, growing your business, right? I want to go focus on marketing. I want to go figure out how to create more demand. I want to go figure out how to become more profitable. And I don't want to have to worry about thinking on did I get the tax right? You know, did I hit my deadline, etc. So, you know, there are um, lots of opportunities for businesses to consider. You know. Again, beginning at the start of the food chain, when you think about compliance obligations, um, there are tools, and Avalara has a couple out there. You know, if you were to log on to our website um, at avalara.com and want to assess whether you have an obligation to collect and remit uh, because you're selling uh, online and you think you might be approaching these thresholds, just a simple input of your transactional data. Can produce results and tell you in a nice little red, yellow, green graphic. Hey, you've already um, crossed the threshold. Maybe you're approaching, or mm, you're nowhere near it yet. But you know, understand that you can come back in, you know, tomorrow, or you could come back in two months and upload your new data and figure out where you're at. So you know, whether it's that or whether it's allowing a system to calculate the tax due on your sales, um, you know, in a in a cloud service. That's certainly a, a huge opportunity that many businesses find really valuable. Or maybe it's the back end. It's the actually filing the returns and making sure everything ticks and ties and I get my tax liability to wherever it needs to go on time so I don't have to worry about penalties and interest um, around being late. And you know, tax automation specialists like us do that every day. We live it, we breathe it. We actually really enjoy <laughs> the complexity of tax and managing all of the thousands of rates, rules, and boundary changes that you know. Again, the the independence you talked about um, affords uh, the U.S. states and localities to do. Awesome. What do all e-commerce stores have in common? That's right, customers. And those customers are going to have questions. Gorgeous is the leading e-commerce help desk with over 5,500 customers on Shopify, Magento, and BigCommerce. Their software is built with machine learning to optimize your support system and allow your team to save time and money on repetitive inquiries while still remaining personalized. What it does is take all of your customers' insights and information, brings it into their amazing dashboard so you can solve your customer's problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest to get your second month free. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. 
Thanks. You answered that in, the, in a perfect way. Uh, but you did. You left me a great opening for a specific question, which was, um, I know you're going to say it depends, but uh, I may. I'm going to try to get. I'm trying to try to try to squeeze a, a little bit more of an answer out of you. Is when in my uh, kind of in my startup where in my startup uh, kind of phase or my growing process be it you know dollars per year that we're doing gross revenue like when does when does this matter or when should this be more top of mind for me yes of course it depends um but i will go a little bit deeper on that for you um i think as a business you have to think about it in a couple of different ways and you know i look at the environment that a business is operating in across a couple of different um levers if you will so one would be the geography right am i just selling in one state am i selling in more than one state i kind of use the the rule of fives um you know if i'm out of one and i'm doing high volume then you know maybe i would consider it if i'm only in one and maybe lower volume or the number of products that I have is really small, then you know maybe that's something you can handle in-house. But really, when you start to add complexity of geography, complexity of what I'm selling, to whom I'm selling, right? And where those people are, those are the kind of the functional levers I look at and say, hey, listen, when those start to rise, and especially when multiples of those start to rise, then the value add is pretty obvious. Um, you know, the return on investment that you would make into into automation um, just becomes really, really evident. And you know, that's oftentimes what we see. Um, you know, as as customers are thinking about, I, I guess I would say one other thing: how fast you're exploding in those areas, also. So if you don't think, for example, for another year, right, that you would be getting into a, a second geography or adding a second or a third product, um, okay, maybe today is not the time to do that. But if you're saying, hey, our company's got three or four or five new products coming out, you know, in in the next two to three months, and oh by the way, we really want to expand our geographic footprint. You know, spending time on trying to figure out tax is not going to be what where you want your resources to be um, focused, right? You want to be making sure that the customers love those products and that um, they're returning, um, you know, for future business, et cetera. And that's where you'd want to hand off that automation to to a specialist like us because we can grow with your business. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I think oftentimes um, is a driver for businesses to get in early um, because once you get start that automation, we can grow as your business grows. We've we've got the ability to calculate tax as you add new products, as you expand your footprint, whether that's to the neighboring state or different city that you're operating in, or maybe, right? As you think about a lot of the businesses um, over the past several months have taken an, an opportunity to go beyond the borders and thinking about cross-border. And all of a sudden, now I have to deal with you know, customs and duties import taxes. And oh, by the way, I might also have to deal with a new tax regime like that. So that's those are a couple different ways to think about it. So you know, what are your growth levers look like? Um, how rapidly are you accelerating those growth levers? And then, you know, where are you on on the point of scale now? And you know, are you are you in one tax type or maybe even considering a second? Yeah, I think that most of our listeners are, you know, I, I I think that the consideration of moving from one state to another state is like almost not a consideration. It's like, of course, I'm going to sell in any state that's going to buy my product. Like they're not thinking about that, uh, especially when you're in that startup phase. 
Uh, and, you know, it, honestly, it's just like like I said before, these pla- these new platforms out there make it so easy. Once you kind of hook up your uh, your your Shopify store and you've got shipping and fulfillment kind of figured out, and you're like you're ready to start selling, you're you're sending that to anyone who's buying it. Um, so if if I could try to you know, maybe uh, ask a more direct question would be, would this be something that would be on someone's radar that's like sub a million dollars a year gross or is this more for people that are in that scaling stage obviously our favorite answer is that it depends but there's there's the question no i think i mean honestly i think it can be for anyone and i think one of the other aside from the answers i've already given you know which is you know the complexity of tax is just enormous and it would be one thing to look at complexity in a status quo. But the fact is that just the 12,000 taxing jurisdictions in the US alone love to change their rates, rules, and boundaries all the time, right? So keeping up with that is just an enormous burden, let alone what you would do right internationally. So I would say really anybody that wants to, to focus on Ensuring that they can grow their business, whether they're you know a million dollars or ten million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, can benefit from the automation of tax. It's just allowing them to you know as they want to grow their business, grow with them. It allows them to focus on you know what's valuable and can add to the bottom line, um, as opposed to you know compliance, which doesn't. But I would also tell you certainly can take away from the bottom line if you get it wrong. So, you know, I'm an advocate for getting it right out of the gates. Um, and, you know, when it's right for the business to jump into that space, to to have an automation partner to help them um, enable growth. Yeah, you always want to make sure that you have the systems in place that are going to help you succeed <laughs> rather than scramble when you need them. That's usually the worst time to try to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, think about, you know, a little bit off topic, but think about the shift that we all made when when March, you know, whatever the date was, when everybody said go home, right, the first week of March. And, you know, the companies that were prepared to help enable their workforce stay focused and be productive, you know, technology and automation really helped a lot of those companies, you know, maybe not skip a beat, um, but really made the shift a lot easier. And for those companies who were, more uh, tied to physical, um, you know, you know, what technologies, whether they were in the office or whether processes that they had um, were were focused on the physical nature of of having a person go into an office and and move paper or have to be connected to you know somebody else physically. Uh, it was really really challenging to make those shifts, and so I just think you know technology in general and automation in general certainly is an accelerator and an enabler. And so, you know, get it in early, make it happen. Um, because, uh, you know, again, tax is one of those things where you just don't want to be on the wrong side of it. Um, and can really be penalizing if, if you find yourself in that spot. Now, if somebody, uh, this is resonating with them and they're interested in learning more about Avalar or, or reaching out to you, like what would be the best next steps for them? Yeah, so I, I think a couple of different ways. We um, a lot of times we get customers that are, of course, interested in our services, but oftentimes that comes because they're interested in trying to solve a tax problem, right? They want to understand content, they want to understand how taxability applies to them, etc. And so oftentimes it's a it's a quick Google search. They end up on you know one of our one of our pages. We we put a lot of our content out there and make it available. We've re- really got some great blogs um, that help people kind of. Deal 
demystify tax and really put it into terms that people can understand and then do something with, right? It becomes actionable for them. Um, but certainly the dot-com site is the best way to get in contact um, with us and happy to help answer questions around, you know, just how it applies, how it can help your business, um, you know, content and taxability, et cetera, or just thoughts you have around growing your business and, and potentially where do you have risk and how would you mitigate that? Um, like I said, you know, we've got some really cool tools available on our website that that help people understand concepts and help people understand, um, you know, risk profile they have around tax to enable them to make decisions about what's best for them moving forward. I can actually agree. Uh, I am a nerd, and I've definitely ended up on some of your content before researching things for uh, various, you know, endeavors that I have going on. So it, I can I can attest to uh, the the amount of content and the thought that they put into that content. So you know, I, I definitely think if you have questions, like you, you possibly just might end up on that side anyway. Yeah, you know, I think one of our key objectives is to simplify tax. And that takes uh, shape in a lot of the things that we do. But when you think about it from a, a business's perspective, you know, we are here to automate, we are here to simplify. But oftentimes, like I said, that comes in the form of, of making tax understandable, the concepts, um, how to apply it to your business, etc. And so we've got some phenomenal folks who, who do spend a lot of time kind of as translators, tax translators, oh, yeah. if you will. Right? <laughs> Demystifying uh, what, it, what it says. Yeah, exactly. And so I think I, you know, that's that's immensely helpful for a really broad audience because let's just face it, there's a small percentage of folks out there who are really tax experts. Um and we love them and and you know, appreciate them, but uh having those translators who can really speak two languages, human and tax, um are really helpful. <laughs> uh the more I learn about taxes, the less I feel like an expert. So let me just put that out there. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, it's you know, so many different tax types. And as we've talked about so many different rules, they change all the time, etc. Yeah, hard to, um, to really feel like, yes, you can become an expert. But there are many folks out there, um, and, and oftentimes specialists as opposed to being more broad. Um, but certainly a lot of tools and a lot of people able to help businesses of any size uh, deal with the compliance obligations. Awesome. Liz, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today and sharing all those insights. You're very welcome. And again, thank you for having me. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.